Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a Wisdom Wednesday. It's presented by DraftKings. You know me, Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I'm doing games every weekend, either for CBS or Westwood One or both this Saturday. I'll be on the radio call nationally for the Vikings at the Bengals. Getting the wisdom today from my Even Money podcast co-host, Steve Fezzik. There have been too many interesting coaching decisions late going for two. I consider Steve to be one of the experts on such subject matter. Let's dive into it. Let's dive into the logic of why these teams go for two or shouldn't go for two in certain situations, as well as some other end-of-game, end-of-half situations that certain teams, including your team, mess up from time to time. Only two days away from new winners, whether that's the spread the word winner. So easy. Just engage on social media, especially a comment or a quote post, whatever they call it, on Twitter these days. Or you just rate and review the show. Any of these things are awesome. Sponsor confirmation email winner. As a reminder, by the way, I don't know if you guys listen to the end of the show. If you order a story from MyFrontPageStory.com for a loved one, I guarantee I will send you a signed press pass. It's not like, oh, you might win or you could. No, no, no. You do win. You, you did win. I'm sending it to you. I'm paying for the stamp. Just forward me the sponsor confirmation from MyFrontPageStory.com. Love doing the YouTube videos. Did one yesterday. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. BJ Jaworski is our patron of the day. I love it. Jaws, I wonder if he's any relation. Anyway, welcome to the family, BJ. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Join the crew. You want to be a part of a bunch of like-minded people sounding off on food, beer, football? You've come to the right place. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, I've been really looking forward to this, probably long overdue. We've got my buddy Steve Fezzik 
from the Even Money Betting Podcast. You can check him out on social media at Fezzik Sports. Obviously, I know a lot of you listen or watch the Even Money Betting Podcast. You're familiar with Steve. But I also know a lot of you aren't into betting, so you don't. We're not talking about betting today. What we're talking about is, I don't know what you call it, analytics, game theory, game situations. But, Steve, we had Monday night. The Tennessee Titans were down by 14 points. They scored a touchdown. They went for two. That confused a lot of people. On Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars scored a touchdown. They were down four. Rather than kicking the extra point to be down three, they went for two. That also confused a lot of people. So I I just wanted to exclusively use this time to talk through some of these end of half, end of game situations, and whether or not these coaches are making the right decision. And really, to try to accurately explain to our listeners, look, what do we do at the Raw Soccer Football Podcast? We try to keep you updated on everything on the NFL. We want to make sure you're informed. Well, we want you to be informed on what the right decision is from a mathematical perspective in these situations. So let's start with the one that we've seen more and more in recent years, Steve, and we saw it Monday night, and it actually helped the Titans win the game, where Mike Vrabel and the Titans, they're down 27-13. They score a touchdown to make it 27-19. For as long as I can remember, Steve, you would kick the extra point there, you're down seven. That is not what Mike Vrabel did. That's not what a lot of coaches do now when they're down eight, can you explain? Sure, and I've been a proponent of this for literally 20 years. And people used to like argue with me. They're saying, Steve, do you think you're actually smarter than these billion-dollar NFL organizations? And I would lose my mind, and I'd say, a sharp fifth grader is smarter. It's just everybody does what they what their dads did, and they copy. And they don't actually even think about it, but it's not even close. You go for two, and the ideas and the assumptions will be it's late in the game. You're you have just enough time to get the ball back somehow, drive the field and get a second touchdown. So you can kick twice. Let's just assume the kicker always makes it. We're going to simplify the assumptions and let's assume two equal teams. You have a 50 50 chance then of winning if you kick the extra point twice. But if you go for two, Ross, if you get it, you win because then the next touchdown, you just kick your extra point and you win by one. But if you miss it, you'll get the opportunity to go for two as well. So you can win with the permutation of miss the two-point conversion, make the two-point conversion, win in overtime without mapping all those outcomes. That gives you a 5 8 chance if it's two equal teams or a 62.5% chance of winning instead of 50%. The only exception to the rule is that if you are a huge favorite, let's say it was Miami that was down eight, I would have been okay with Miami kicking the extra point twice because they would have been a huge favorite in the overtime. So um, all things being equal, not only is it correct to go for two, but if you're a big underdog in the game, it's even more so correct because you just want to end the game earlier. So on all levels, Vrabel was a no-brainer. He did the right call. So I have a question about that. So how are you still a huge favorite if the game's going to go to overtime? I mean, if the game's going to overtime, you really should not have been a huge favorite. Like, it's an even game. Um, I think that's interesting that you feel like that should be a part of the strategy at that point in the game with the way the game had played out. 
Yeah, so a 14-point favorite. I don't have the exact numbers, but I can tell you that in live wagering, they're going to pop up and they're going to be like a minus 170. You know, as an example, I'll use, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but Baltimore Rams, the Baltimore was only a seven-point favorite, and they were a pretty sizable favorite when they went into overtime, you know, to win that game before the coin flip. Um, and just the betting markets, they trust the power ratings before the game started. They don't care that two teams played equally for, you know, 60 minutes. Um, and probably, you know, the ultimate example of that is college basketball. You can have like a 13-point favorite. These two teams can play equal, and they go into overtime. And that 13-point favorite is still like a minus 160 favorite in the overtime, despite, hey, this on, today so far these teams have played evenly. doesn't mean they're going to play evenly going forward on that day. Well, my other question is you said that this is what teams should do when it's late in the game and there's only going to be two more possessions or whatever. My question is, when does this start? Approximately when should team? What if it's the third quarter? What if it's early fourth quarter? When should teams do this when they're down 14 as opposed to kicking the extra point? I actually think they should do it starting late in the third quarter. But now it becomes more complicated because there's more scenarios that can play out and multiple scores in each direction. Ideally, what you should do is run what's called a Monte Carlo simulation and replay the game 50,000 times and see which is the better decision. But I can't just hash it out with a simple decision tree like I can when a team scores with just a few minutes left. Got it. Okay, so we've got the down eight thing. So basically, you think it's ridiculous at this point if any team doesn't do that in these situations late in games. Exactly. And I'm confident five years from now, every team except for your Pittsburgh Steelers might be the exception. will get it right and go for two down eight very late. in the game. I don't know why they're my Pittsburgh Steelers, but whatever. <laughs> I live in the state. Keystone um, state. All right. Let's talk about the one. So that one I totally get. Because we've gone through it before on the Even Money podcast. This thing on Sunday where the Jags were down four with like, I don't know, a minute and a half left. And they went for two in that situation rather than kicking the extra point before the onside kick attempt to be down three. That I thought was really interesting and I think maybe I tweeted you about this or Paul Roberts, our buddy, tweeted about it. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Fezzik Sports. Was that the right decision by the Jags? Down four late, you should go for two as opposed to kicking the extra point to be down three? 100%. And this is another one that I've been very emphatic about for years, and everyone's just ignored me like I'm the old guy shouting at the rain. Um and bold prediction, again, 10 years from now, every NFL team will go for two in this situation. Let me simplify these assumptions. I'm going to do what they call in poker, running it twice. Sometimes they, 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 they run out the river, the, the, the run out of the cards when both players are all in. And if you run this twice, it becomes crystal clear. It only matters if you get the ball back and you get into field goal range. Because if you don't, you're just going to lose the game regardless of whether you go for one or two after your touchdown. So let's make that assumption. So let's say, all right, the Jags get their touchdown, and then they're going to get the ball back somehow, and they're going to get down to the 25-yard line, and tick, tick, tick. There's not going to be hardly any time left on the clock. So you can do it twice. Let's say they kick the extra point. Well, now you're probably just going to kick the field goal head to overtime, right? 
very likely you got a, a 50-50 chance if you have two equal teams to win the game, in this case a little less because they are the underdog. Now let's assume you go for two down four. Well, if you make it, you win now because now you're down two. I'm going to assume the kicker makes the kick. You're in field goal range. Boom. You can just go ahead and just run the clock out, trot out the kicker, make the 40-yarder, and you win the game. But what happens if you miss the two-point conversion? Well, now you're screwed. Now you're down four. Well, guess what, Ross? You're not dead. You're down four. You know you need the touchdown. Boom. So, yeah, it's unlikely you get in the end zone, but you can absolutely go for it, be hyper-aggressive. So half the time you win automatically, and the other half the time you might get into the end zone one-fourth of the time. Guess what? Similar to the going down, going for two down eight, you win 62.5% of the time given this scenario versus winning 50% of the time. It's not even close. And yet what's interesting is people are so vehement. They're like, that's wrong. That's just wrong. Like, like they're a political supporter. None of those people that are showing outrage over this decision have ever showed one iota of math. And like I said, if you really wanted to do it proper, you could do that, that the Monte Carlo sim simulation, run the game 50,000 times, and your implied chance of victory will be higher going for two, provided that you make that two-point conversion close to 50%. It doesn't even have to be 50%. It could be like 46%. It's the right decision. All right. So is, it, is a simpler way to describe it, Steve, basically that it's a 50-50 shot in overtime approximately, maybe a little bit less because you're on the road and you're the underdog, and it's a 50-50 shot approximately. Again, it's like 49% or whatever to get the two-point conversion. So is it as simple as saying you'd rather try your hand at a two-point conversion than try your hand in overtime? Although you made it seem like the math is even better. No, it's, e it's even better because you, you have two paths to victory. So, like, like to use an example, um, the I, I go back to a team down eight, and teams would do this sometimes. They'd kick the extra point first, and then they'd score the second touchdown, and then they'd go for two. The dumbest thing ever. It's like, given you were going to go for the win, why wouldn't you go for the, the two-point conversion after the first touchdown, and then you know what you need. You're not dead if you miss the two-point conversion. Same thing here with the, with with, you know, choosing to go for two down four. If you miss it, like I said, if you make it, you win if you get into field goal range. But if you miss it, you're fine. You go balls to the wall and you got an opportunity to get in the end zone, get a touchdown and win as well. Just more paths to victory. If you map out, map out all the, the ugly math, you wind up doing better. Absolutely love discussing these scenarios with Steve Fezzik. Almost as much as I love drinking Labatt Blue Light while I'm watching football games with my friends or family, living life to the power of we, always enjoy responsibly Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, let's talk about some other ones, Steve. You're adamant about something, and I checked the rules on this. And you are allowed to do it once per game. And frankly, you're not really going to ever need it. It's highly unlikely you would need it more than once per game, which is the blatant intentional holding at the end of half or end-of-game situation. Steve, you're all over this. We don't see teams do it very often. Explain. Yeah, so I can use my one-time, um, not just a prevent defense, I'm going to call it a mug defense. So at the line of scrimmage, boom! You see sometimes the corners get handsy. I'm not just handsy. I mean, I'm literally grabbing my the, the guy I'm covering all the way down the field, and flags are flying everywhere, 
and the quarterback's running around. He's got no one to throw to and eight seconds run off the clock. So when am I going to do that? Well, let's say you got the ball out at your own 40 with 12 seconds to play. Boom. You're done. So your only opportunity is going to be one Hail Mary the next play against me because you're going to be limited on that play. You're going to get a penalty and no yards. Also, if you're in my red zone and there's like 12 seconds left or 10 seconds left and you're on the 10-yard line, I just hold everybody. It's going to – the seven seconds are going to come off the clock. The quarterback's finally going to throw the ball out of the end zone. And now, now you get the ball on my five and now you got to kick the field goal. It absolutely is a loophole. The NFL should not allow intentional defensive penalties. And if you do it on back-to-back plays, you're right, Ross. There's a penalty and no time goes off the clock. But – they allow teams to do it once, and yet teams, for whatever reason, choose not to. The most egregious example is the most is the ridiculous Kansas City comeback against Buffalo. 13 seconds left. If they had just employed that strategy, they would have won the game on one play, and they chose not to, and they gave up two you know, 25-yard pass completions and lost that game. Wow. That's a great point. I, I was forgetting that specific game, Steve, and how – if McDermott knew that and the Bills knew that, they would have won. They would have won the game. All they had to do on with 13 seconds left is hold everybody. Yeah, and, you, and, and your specific play, you, 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 you put it. There would be six seconds left, and, they, and, they, and they, gained five, they gained five yards on the hold, and there'd be six seconds left. And the strategy, mug shot, mug shot. Call it the mug shot defense. And, and you practice it, and boom. It, it, and like you said, you can't do it more than once in a game. Boom, but use it once. Okay, I got a couple. So, so you, so, well, one thing that's interesting, Steve, since you and I have been doing the Even Money podcast, teams are a lot better now at fourth and short and going for it. A lot better. I mean, it used to be like when Peterson and the Eagles did it in 2017, it was like earth shattering. Now, most of them go for it in a lot of those situations, except they still have terrible play calls, but they at least go for it. I will go as far to the bad organizations. Every time they get fourth and one or less at their own 40-yard line or further down the field, it should be a no-brainer, Ross. I don't care the scenarios of the game. As soon as that happens, the coach should just yell, hippo, hippo. And hippo means everyone rushes the line of scrimmage. You split three guys out wide, and you run the quarterback sneak. Lickety split. You don't have any hesitation. I've never seen that play fail in the history of the NFL. It's like 100 no. Patriots used to do that all the time. But what do they do? They think about it. They lollygag around. They go with the jumbo backfield. Sometimes they call a timeout because they run out of time. And by the time they finally go for it, they fail all the time because for whatever reason, the offense gets out of sync and jump and putting all the players jumbo up in the middle, unless you're doing the tush push doesn't work very often. And I'm just amazed. It's hippo. Just rush, rush to the hippo and get the first down. Two more I have for you, Steve coin toss. I mean, most teams defer, but some teams now are starting to take the ball. Do you have a strong opinion on whether you defer or take the ball? Yeah, so Belichick almost always deferred when other teams were taking the ball. And the reason it's subtle, it's not a huge difference, but scoring's a little higher in the third quarter than in the first quarter. And the reason is that the defenses are a little more tired, such that the advantages the offense has is a little bit higher to get the ball to start the third quarter than the first quarter. And with the game script, the defense has become a little more tired at the end of the fourth quarter if they had to start on the field at the beginning of the third quarter. So all things being equal, you want to defer and start with the ball in the second half. Small difference, but it's significant. 
And then the last one I have for you, I don't know how much you thought of this. I, I talked about this on Monday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. The amount of teams, Steve, that are returning kicks out of the end zone or within the five yards and not getting back to the 25 is driving me crazy. Because not only do they most of the time not get back to the 25, but then there's a decent percentage where they don't even get to the 20, and there's a decent percentage where they get to the 25, but then there's a penalty, so they go back to the 15. And I would be like automatic fair catch. So that would be my, my thing, and I'm surprised more teams aren't doing that. I agree 100%, and I will go as far as to say I'm going to throw all the special teams players under the bus. So the, the blockers on a kickoff, their job is to hold, all right? The kick returner's job is to get buried on the 14-yard line or to fumble the ball when they field the kick. Um, on the defensive side, like when there's a punt, the, the gunners, their job is to go down on a punt and knock the ball into the end zone. The kick returner's job on a punt is to field the punt on the three-yard line for the other team to screw it up. It's almost like they end and on a, on a punt. It is the, the rusher's jobs to rough the punter or to rough the kicker or to jump off sides. It's so rare that kicks are blocked or that players make great plays, and it's so much more common there's penalties on them that screws the team completely to the point of, I'll go as far as to say, like on field goals, on short field goals, I would rather, as a coach, my team just stands there and doesn't even attempt to rush the kicker than to try to block the kick. More bad things happen with them being offsides, leverage, um, roughing the kicker than they ever block the kick. You can have the one big ugly up there putting his hand up to block it, but um, it's like all these special teams guys try so hard, and they're trying so hard, all they do is commit dumb plays and penalties. Check him out on social media, at Fezzik Sports. Absolutely love being with him every Tuesday on the Even Money Podcast. You want more of that type of analysis, make sure you check him out on social and check him out on Even Money. It's a really popular show. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Ross. You know, it's good to talk with someone like Steve Fezzik about topics like that because for some people, some of the math involved can be like a foreign language. You know what else can be like a foreign language? A foreign language, which is why you need to be like me and my daughters and wife this past summer get on the Babbel train. There's a reason why Babbel is a sponsor now. Because we used them. Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for like a private tutor or other language apps that are basically like video games, they, they make you act like you think you're learning a language. You're not. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, designed by real people for real conversations. You literally pick the real-life situations that you want to focus on. Restaurant ordering, whatever. Anyway, here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for you guys, at babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Ross. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tux takes.
All right, Ross. Raven safety Kyle Hamilton is week to week with a grade one MCL sprain, and and they also signed quarterback Malik Cunningham off the Patriots practice squad. So huge news that it's only a grade one for Kyle Hamilton. I mean, he might even play this week. I don't know if he will, but man, when that first happened, it looked bad, really bad. That is gigantic for their Super Bowl hopes. And then Malik Cunningham, that just makes sense. You got to make sure you have depth at that position. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Make sure you're covered at quarterback. And maybe they want to start to develop Malik Cunningham to be Lamar's inexpensive backup. That makes some sense to me as well. I like this move by the Ravens. The Browns' injury-riddled season continues. Right tackle Dewan Jones and left tackle Jedrick Wills are both lost for the season, both with knee and knee surgeries. Unbelievable. And they lost Conklin earlier in the year. So they've lost their top three offensive tackles, their franchise quarterback, their star running back. I might do a column for the 33rd team in a little bit here about what we've seen from some of these Coach of the Year candidates because Stefanski's pretty impressive. Um, this week I actually wrote about the quarterback injuries. Check it out. I post on social media, uh, Ross Tucker, 33rd team. Also check out HubSpot because in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at hubspot.com sales. And a couple other injury notes and roster moves. Colts sign off at the tackle Jared Velt here, who was 36 and last played in 2020. Dolphins lose center Connor Williams to the season with a torn ACL, and they sign edge rusher Melvin Ingram. And the Vikings are starting Nick Mullins at under center for Sunday, or Saturday, actually. Yep, I'll be there for that. Uh, Dolphins losing Connor Williams is huge. Starting center, very important. And they felt like they needed another edge rusher, especially after they couldn't get any pressure on Levis late in that game Monday night. And Ingram, I'm sure, can still give him some quality snaps. Other than that, fantasy feast today. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out myfrontpagestory.com. I'm literally guaranteeing you as a two-time winner. Number one, you win with whoever you get the gift for from myfrontpagestory.com. Number two, you win by getting a signed press pass. I got a bunch of really good ones still left. About like Eagle season passes, myfrontpagestory.com. Backofficeschedule.com, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, pizza boy brewing.